my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy Full House Friday, everybody. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta. Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I'm bringing to you the next episode in this serious episode series for April. Season 8, Episode 9, Stephanie's Wild Ride. This aired November 29th, 1994. Wow, my mom would have been... Uh, I don't know if she was born in um, 54. But uh, anyway, okay. (laughs) So, in this episode, Stephanie and Gia make a couple, meet a couple of older guys at the mall who invite the girls to go for a spin. When the guys turn out to be totally reckless drivers, well, basically the one blonde-haired guy who owns the car. Nice car, by the way, clearly straight from the parents. Anyway, yeah, this kid's a dingle doof behind the wheel and I I would not know and the fact that Gia pretty much and I'll get into it later kind of goad Stephanie into doing this because that just seems like the Gia behavior like oh yeah I'll get into a car with a guy I've never met before or I just met that is a dangerous situation When the guys turn out to be totally reckless drivers, Stephanie's torn between her better judgment and her desire to let loose and have fun. More like Gia is the devil on her shoulder and Stephanie's conscience is the angel on the left side. And she's just being torn like, oh, I don't want Gia to think I'm lame or uncool. See, even though Gia and Stephanie are still quote-unquote friends to some extent, Gia's still just not a good influence on Stephanie, like, at all. And it's just, I don't see why... I mean, again, if we had to get have Gia to get Rocky, who is, by far in my mind, a better character, just, she comes along as a better person than Gia. Yeah, she tells it to you straight. But... I'm just, I'm being honest here with my own opinion on Gia. I don't care for her. I never really liked her as a character. And in Fuller House, that just, her character is just same old Gia from Full House. Same old still tempting Stephanie to start vaping. And it's just like, and the thing I just, I don't get is because we never got that in Full House. I think that this may be the only episode that DJ and Gia ever exchange. I don't even think they exchange words in this episode. I don't. Th- it's more like DJ's in the same room while this is going on. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, um, Kimmy and DJ are also at the mall 
when they encounter Stephanie and Gia talking to, they're basically, because DJ's a senior, then these kids got to be, at, like, sophomores, so they're at least a couple years older than Stephanie and Gia, so, all right. This episode's got a 7.2 out of 10, based on 220 ratings. Let's see here. We got James Allen Gilliam as Barry. He's the brunette. And then we have Scott White as Jason, who you might know. He has actually been in two different... He's been in D2, The Mighty Ducks, and he has also been in D3. I'm pretty sure he had, let me, I'm going through his resume right now. I mean, his IMDb, excuse me. Um, he does a lot of voice work. Let's see. A lot of voice work. Oh my goodness gracious. Good for him. Good for him, though. I mean, you find what you do. You get what you're good at, so. Good golly, there is a lot. There's too much. Hold on a second here. Okay, so just before Full House in 94, in 1994, D2 The Mighty Ducks, he played Gunner. He played uh, one of the opposing teams for Mighty Ducks slash Team America. Uh, let's see. Couple of guest spots on television shows. And where is D3 The Mighty Ducks? I know it's on here somewhere. Hold on, I'm going to pause again. Here it is, 1996, so a year after Full House ended, he played Scott. So he played two different characters in the Mighty Ducks universe. So, yeah, this guy, is, I mean, both of them really are like, Barry and Scott are Beavis and Butthead in real life, basically. Um... The ki yeah, the guy who plays Barry does not have a lengthy resume, which, honestly, there's nothing wrong with that. Not a thing wrong with it whatsoever. Uh, Barry's played by James Allen Gilliam. Uh, camera and electrical department after an additional crew. All right, good for him. So he, he's got many, many trades. That's good. All right, here we go. We got your trivia. We got... The tunnel that Stephanie and Gia drive through is the same one used in Back to the Future Part 2 when Marty McFly tries to recover the sports almanac from Biff's car. That's right, because they're filming in California. Interesting. Okay. In reality, if the boys were reckless driving, then they should have gotten a ticket or hit. This is not trivia. This is someone's own opinion, but whatever. <laughs> They should have gotten a ticket or had their licenses temporarily suspended. While this is true, if they don't get caught, then they won't. Many drunk drivers never get a ticket. Okay. I'd say one is trivia, one is someone's opinion on something. So, oh, we got some goofs. All right. <laughs> when Michelle takes out the game cartridge, when she takes the game cartridge out, she yanks it straight out of the console. But in reality, the only way to get it out is to turn off the console and push the eject button to release it. Yeah, I think she's playing like a Super Nintendo. When G Stephanie and G are riding with the two guys, they pass the same Mercury Cougar three times, once going in the same direction as them at the part with the oncoming truck, and twice going in the opposite direction as them. Huh. Well, okay. Gotcha. 
All right, of course, before I get into the episode, I want to let all you Tanner newbies uh, who are jumping on the Tanner train, aka the podcast for the first time, I want to say welcome. I want to let you know where you can find the podcast on to listen to, SoundCloud and Apple iTunes. You can just type in Full House when you search for podcasts and it should come up, or Fuller House, and it'll come right up. Also, on social media, it does have its own Instagram page at OMHC Full House Fuller House Podcast. And the Facebook page, All My Lanta Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House Podcast. So, I ask that if, you, if, if you're new to the podcast and you want to follow along, like, follow, so that way you know what episodes I'm doing each month. I do not do episode by episode, season by season, just because... I want to be a little different. I do episodes in order of theme based on, you know, a holiday, a character, stuff like that. Also, another thing about this podcast is that it is a podcast for ears of all ages. It is, it is clean. You don't got to worry about me dropping F-bombs. Or S-bombs or H-bombs, really. Um... Yeah, I just, I wanted to be able to have a Full House slash Fuller House podcast out there so that way people could listen with their kids around, sharing their own memories of Full House, just like I'm doing myself, sharing my memories of growing up with the show and, you know, reliving the show again through my podcast, <laughs> and just, uh, just enjoying it, just how much I love the show, and I love doing this podcast, I've been doing this podcast for three years now, and I just, I love it, you know, eventually at some point, most likely towards the end of next year, the full house portion of this podcast will be done, and then I'll be focusing on the episodes I have left of Fuller House, which I do have to say, there are quite a few Fuller House podcast episodes left to do. All right. One last thing is, if you want to show support for the podcast, whether you're just tuning in now or you've been a a listener since day one of the podcast, if you got a second, jump on iTunes, find the Full House Fuller House podcast, scroll down to where it says leave a review, and leave a review. Have fun with it. Tell me your favorite episode, your favorite character from either show. Use emojis, describe episode titles from either show. Whatever you want to do, I just, all five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourself. So, have at it, have fun, tell me how much you love the podcast, all that good stuff. All right, so let's jump into Stephanie's Wild Ride, and next week we will be concluding the serious episodes series with under the influence we do learn if you're a newbie to the show we do learn how Pam Tanner Danny's wife and the girls' mother how exactly she was killed if you've seen season 2 Goodbye Mr. Bear you do learn they mention after the accident they don't say exactly you know I don't know if they say whether it was you know car accident or not. I don't know. We just know to that extent, but we, up until season eight, we had no idea exactly. And I like, I like that they held back and they used it for that. That is really genius there on the writer's part. Really, really. So 
All right. If you guys want to send an email to the podcast, share your memories of either show, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. I put the email address in the episode description. So, all right. Without further ado, let's jump into Stephanie's Wild Ride. All right. So, the cold open, of course, we have Joey and Mr. Woodchuck entertaining Nikki and Alex. Yes, Mr. Woodchuck is going to help Joey tell the boys a story about the three Billy Goats Gruff. And, of course, Mr. Woodchuck is always, like, putting in his little pun of wood in every little, every little chance he can. And the boys keep having to correct Mr. Woodchuck. Like, no, that's not a goat. Tell you a story. Is it about wood? No. <laughs> no, it's called The Three Billy Goats Gruff. That's my favorite story. Now, <clears throat> once upon a time, there were three woodchucks. No, Billy Goats. <laughs> That's right, the three billy goats. Uh, Mr. Woodchuck, I know you love anything with wood in it, but uh, please, let's just stick to the story. That's fine with me. <laughs> now, the three billy goats lived in a lumber yard. Mm. No, it's no. Those kids know that story. Don't you know this story? No. Would you tell it to me? The boys know the story enough to the point where, like, no, 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 no. Let us tell you how the story goes. All right, so we come out of the intro, and Michelle is playing. I'm, I'm thinking it's a Super Nintendo. I mean, I don't play video games on the regular, but I'm pretty well-versed in recognizing a system. And that is definitely not a Super Nintendo controller. The thing is, is huge. It takes up the whole space of Michelle's lap. But she's playing a video game and she's struggling, you know, to get past the first level. So Nikki and Alex come over to the couch. They're, they say, hey, can we play? And Michelle tells them, guys. Monza Sano's Quest, which clearly is just a made-up game, <laughs> it's a very complicated game. And Michelle explains to them how the game takes timing, skill, and plenty of brain power. And the voice on the screen, apparently Michelle didn't make it through round one or level one because the voice says, you have failed in a creepy voice. <laughs> it's a oh, weird creepy voice laugh. Of course, both Nikki and Alex turned to her, shaking their fingers, saying, You have failed! Ho, 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 ho. So, <laughs> I love how Michelle crosses her arms and looks at the boys and says, Well, at least I can tie my own shoe. Yes, there is an episode where Michelle learns how to tie her shoe. In season six's Everybody, uh, no, uh, Educating Jesse was that episode. And before that, she was just having Stephanie tie her shoes. I'm just like, girl, wear Velcro. I mean, the boys are like, they're sticking their feet like, so we have Velcro shoes. Meh. Yeah, the one twin says, so what? And the other one says, we have Velcro. He left his 
show up in the air for emphasis. Like, dude, I think she knows what Valkyra looks like. She was once four years old herself at one point. And then the twins wander off out of the living room to cause mischief somewhere else. Jesse's passing through the living room. It's like, hey, what's up, kiddo? And Michelle clearly thinks that Uncle Jesse is very well versed in video games. She's like, hey, Uncle Jesse, can you help me with this video game? So Jesse apologized. Like, I'm sorry, Michelle. I just, video games were never my thing. Yes, we know your thing has always and will always be music. And, but it doesn't take long for <laughs> him to get sucked into this video game here and slowly become obsessed with it. As well, spoiler alert, the rest of the family. But apparently Jesse's game was pinball at one point. Cause, but Michelle, who <laughs> was born in like 1986, asked, what's pinball? And Jesse... What's pinball? Yeah, he's like, you don't know what pinball is? Yes, he, he sits down and he asks her, have you ever heard of Tommy? And Michelle looks at him, who? And Jesse says, right. And Michelle asks, who's right? And Jesse says, no, who's on first? And then, and then Michelle says, oh, let me guess, Tommy? And Jesse's like, no, 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 it's an old abbot. Yeah, the who's on for, oh my gosh. That joke. Yeah, that's right, that was in Rain Man. He kept, um, Dustin Hoffman's character, Ray, was, you know, trying to, it was like, it, it's supposed to be a joke, but he's thinking of it as an actual question, like he's trying to solve a problem. Yeah, uh, Jesse says it's an old Abbott and Costello routine. And then at hearing Abbott and Costello, she's like, who? And Jesse points at her and says, don't start with me on who again. Okay, so Jesse's like, okay, just show me the game. So Michelle says, all right, well, the object of the game is you have to find the three magic keys. And Jesse's like, all right, three magic keys. Got it, got it. Mm, that doesn't really sound so hard. And Michelle's like, yeah, right, um... But so far, I haven't found anything. I mean, honestly, I think this is the first time we've ever seen a, a game player as far as a game system in the Full House universe. Uh, DJ and Seven, I don't remember ever an episode prior to this one where someone was sitting down at the TV playing a video game. And Michelle says, heck, I can't even open the door to the Magic Universe. 
So she can barely get, you know, the game really kicking off. Like, it's probably the first thing you gotta do. And Michelle says, I knocked, I ringed, I rung the bell. And of course, Jesse, I love that Jesse, like, takes the game off her, the controller off her lap and says, well, you're too polite, you gotta ram the sucker. And he does, and then you hear this, ow. And Michelle says, Uncle Jesse, you dented his head. And I swear it does sound like Dave Coulier doing the voice work for whatever character you're hearing on screen. So Jesse does use simple logic. Say, well, hey, how about this? Have you checked out of the welcome mat? That's normally where they hide keys. Let's try that. Success. It works. Simple logic. It's under the mat. See, when he hears that first triumph of, he is hooked. He's like, I love how he, like, puts his, like, fists on his, what well, he's sitting, and he's putting his fists on his hips. Like, we found the first key. And, of course, Michelle is like, okay, I get it. He's like, no, 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 let's just see what's through this door. He, he is immediately hooked. He's like, okay, success here. I want to keep going. I am intrigued. I want to go with you on this quest, Michelle, on this game, video game journey. <laughs> like, well, I got you through the first part. Let's keep going with this, shall we? He is hooked. And it's funny because the rest of the family, well, minus DJ and Steph, because they got their own, th theirs is, a, you know, plot, plot A, the main one. But, uh, yeah, they don't get sucked into this game universe here like the rest of the... Even Comet gets into it. Well, he's watching it. He's not actually, you know, uh, you know, playing or anything like that. He's just being in... Like, Nikki and Alex are an observer over at a little card table in the corner while they're coloring. To add their, you know, their little commentary. So, yeah, Michelle, like, gets ready to take the controller back from from Jesse. He's like, she says, oh, okay, Uncle Jesse, I, I can take it from me. He's like, well, 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 let's just, just see. Let's just open the door here. Let's see how that... He is hooked! <laughs> he, like, pulls it back. No, 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 I'm not done yet. Have you ever, like, had someone, like, like, hey, can you help me with this? And someone helps you? And then you're like, oh, okay, I, I got it now. I can do it. And they're like, no, 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 no. Let me, let me keep showing you. Like, and you're like, no, just let me do it myself. I can do it now. <laughs> when Jesse's like, no, 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 just let me, let me open the door. Let me try that. Yeah, he is hooked. And I love how Michelle, oh, she is, eh. She is, like, irritated. She puts her arms folded. Just, never should have asked him to help me. <laughs> And, yeah, he opens the door, and I was thinking you're spooky, like, you're going into a haunted castle type of music. He's like, ooh, frightening music. Should we take the stairs or the hall? <laughs> and, of course, you know, maybe it isn't Dave Coulier's voice doing it. Never mind. Um, but, of course, the voice says, beware the hall. Well, that pretty much answers, well, yeah, we'll, we'll take the stairs. Yeah, he is, mm, he is, he just pulled into that, uh, and here's the thing here, so this little, um, paper-looking drum set that Nikki and Alex were playing on in the first episode of season eight, and before that, in the first episode of season six, which was Come Fly With Me, and then, of course, the first episode of season eight was Comet's Excellent Adventure, but... 
We have some exercise. We can only see the top part of the exercise equipment. It could be a mini treadmill. It could be a little mini stair stepper, climber thingy. But I just, I see that equipment just right behind where Jesse's sitting. I'm just like, oh, oh, that's new. Joey's probably working on lowering his cholesterol. I don't know. Someone's using it. I'm sorry, video games never really been my thing. Now, pinball, there's a game. What's pinball? What's pinball? You don't know what pinball is? Have you ever heard of Tommy? Who? Right. Who's right? No, who's on first? Uh, let me guess. Tommy? No, uh, I'm just kidding. It's, it's an old Abbott Costello routine. Who? Don't start with me. Jesse, you're man. throwing references at her that are dated from the okay. 70s and earlier. The game is you have to find the three magic keys. Three magical keys, huh? Doesn't seem so hard. Right, but so far I haven't found anything. Hmm. Heck, I can't even open the door to the magic universe. I knocked, I rang the bell. Well, you're too polite. I... You gotta ram the sucker. Ow. <laughs> Uncle Jesse, you dented his head. Yeah, well, look at this. Have you checked under the welcome mat there? That's usually where they hide keys. Let's try that. Yeah, she's irritated now. <laughs> Frightening music. There should be take these stairs or the hall. Beware the hall. We'll take the stairs. Okay, we're gonna go to Bayview Mall that has that. I'm gonna wonder. They probably went to some mall somewhere, in you know near where they shoot the show, and because they get. What? It says, like, the Outback. Uh, oh, Victoria's Secret. I can... I, I went in there once. Guys, I didn't buy anything. Trust me. Yikes. It was frightening. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know what that store is, but, you know, they, you know, probably went out there to shoot some footage and get a quick little shot of people walking around. It does not look that busy. They probably want it, like... 10 a.m. when the mall opens on like a Monday afternoon when everyone's, you know, either working or school. They don't, I mean, I'm trying to think like back when, you know, like sometimes like around the mall and stuff, you'll see people that are like regularly like walking. That's how they get their exercise. They go from like one end of the mall to the other and stuff. But I don't know, maybe they were doing that back in 1994. Or thought, wait, this is thought, mm, I don't know, <laughs> I think it's 94. Yeah, it is, because it's early on in um, season 8. Alright, so these chairs, I mean, this little food court area looks pretty pretty cool looking. Um, Yeah, glass tables, I mean, table mats, I've been to food courts and malls. Not as a teenager, of course. Um... I, honestly, if I'd lived closer to a mall and could have regular access to go to one when I was growing up, I'd probably, and I, if I had more than, you know, say one or two friends, I would love to go to the mall. I would love it. The only time I ever got to go to the mall, really, would have been, like, when my dad and I, or my grandma and I would go, like, Christmas shopping after uh, Thanksgiving and stuff. Yeah, it was a, it was a tradition, you know, my dad and I, we'd always go to the mall, we'd always go to... 
you know, old country buffet after we did our shopping and stuff. And it was funny because I'd always end <laughs> up by uh, choosing the gifts I wanted and my dad would buy them. And then sometimes, of course, my dad would have me actually wrap my own Christmas gift. It was, yeah. Let me tell you, my dad isn't any better, wasn't any better wrapping Christmas gifts than I was. It was, yeah. But it was cool because they had a Walden books there and, um, yeah. Oh, and a Sam Good yes, because I was really big into uh, 97 uh, after Titanic came out. I mean, I got really into Leo. I started watching all his movies, uh, Marvin's Room, Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet, I got a pay-per-view, pay and I'm like, I want to watch it over and over and over again because I had the posters in my room. And, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm going on a Leo tangent here, but that's my was my mall experience, just going to Walden Books, going to Sam Goody, getting some, you know, cassettes, or, yeah, so. So, yeah, I mean, Steph and Gia, they're hanging out, they're eating their yogurt, frozen yogurt ice cream, whatever you want to call it. Everyone around there has, like, got some type of frozen yogurt ice cream assortment. And, um, they're just kind of people watching, they're just, like, hanging out, like, checking for cute boys and everything, and they... Their eyes land on uh, the live version of Beavis and Butthead over here. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, these guys, ugh. Girls, keep looking. <laughs> and the classic, of course, mid-90s fashion, the flannel, or the, you know, flannel, you know, tied around the waist, like you do with your flannel shirt, like, oh, it's too warm, let me just, I don't want to carry this flannel shirt, it's too hot, let me wrap it around my waist, yeah, but I was doing that the other day when we were downtown Dallas, you know, walking around and stuff, it's like, it's warm, I'm going to bring my jacket in case I was cold, took my jacket off, like, we're going to walk, we didn't find any food trucks, by the way, it was like Sunday at 3.30 in the afternoon, <laughs> and uh, I just wrapped my uh, jacket around me, you know, had my fanny pack, Carry it everywhere. It's a lifesaver, let me tell you. But um, yeah, I got we got like a uh, a mile just of over almost two miles, you know, just walking, you know, after the JFK Museum, just walking like, hey, let's go look for food trucks, and we didn't find any, but we found out that they're at this other park. But if you want to go get food truck food, you got to be there on like a Saturday from like. 10.30 in the morning, and then they close up shop and leave at, like, 2. So, even if we had found the park, there wouldn't have been a food truck there. They all would have left. I mean, it was, like, like I said, it was 3.30 in the afternoon. Poorly planned. But the JFK Museum was really awesome. So, G is the one that kind of kicks us off with, like, ooh, check out this guy, those guys. G is wearing what is, like... Is that referred to as, like, Heather Green, maybe? She's also got a scrunchie on her wrist, which is that a fad back in the mid-90s? Steph also with a red and white plaid. Wait, I think that's a... No, that's a skirt she's wearing. I thought she also had a shirt draped over her waist, but she doesn't. And uh, she's also wearing, like, a cream kind of off-white long sleeve top as well as Stephanie is. And, of course, yeah. Of course... Stephanie is all, like, kind of scrutinizing, like, she sees this blonde-haired guy with the 90s part down the hair. I mean, come on, JTT, Devin Sawa, 
Aaron Fonda. They all had, you know, middle parts going down, the, you know, that kind of hair back then. <laughs> many, many uh, teen heartthrob in the 90s. And, yeah, Stephanie immediately scrutinizing, like, they're in high school. They would never look at us. So, of course, Gia doesn't see what the big deal is. Like, Steph, they're men. We're women. Let's just turn on the charm. And they start, like, flipping their hair as the guys, like, you know, you know, pursing their lips, trying to look really overly cute and whatnot. And the guys just walk past them like they don't exist. Finally, Gia, like, sticks her, you know, does a little, like, here, she's trying to hail a, a taxi in New York with a loud whistle. She's like, hey, you, haul it over. And they look at each other like, oh, what? Okay. <laughs> yeah, when Gia wants something, she wants something, and she is going to get it. That's how she landed Matt. I just, I feel bad. Oh. I just, I don't like Gia and Fuller House either, and I don't like that Matt just succumbed to, just, ma to, to marrying her. He already had, or not the greatest, you know, he already came off a divorce, and now he's marrying someone that's basically, we learn when I cover the Mayor's Bird episode for Mother's Day, for the Stephanie episode, that she is basically bleeding Matt, Gia is bleeding Matt Drive money, just, Oh, it is. She's just. She's very. She is a toxic, toxic person, and it's just. It's more so in Fuller House. They just really made her a toxic human being, and I'm just happy that Roxy, her daughter, has the Tanners, Fullers, and Gibblers to kind of, uh, you know, be like a second family to her. Yeah, she's kind of like. She whistles at them. She's like, hey, you, haul it over. Like, no, I want you to actually take and give me attention. Oh, Scott White, who plays um, Jason. I think Barry is the one with the short, dark hair and the, uh, the, I've always referred to this as one of those, like, old men, like, golfer hats. But this kid's, like, got this 90s style where it's turned backwards. I think Ryder Strong from, uh, who played Sean Hunter on Boy Meets World, I think he would wear that when he was posing for, like, pictures in Bop Magazine, Teen Beat, and 16 and stuff like that. So, Gia's like, oh, hello, gentlemen, as the boys come around their table. And Barry asks, uh, do we know you? I'm like, well, if you have to ask, the answer is most likely no. Ah, <laughs> uh, already these kids are just, I'm sorry, but they're showing their dumb, dumb side. And Jason is all like, the blonde one, is all like, hey, weren't you those girls who jumped on stage at the Nine Inch Nails concert? And Stephanie says, uh, no, but hey, we just got kicked out of the piano and organ store, and apparently that's enough for the guys to, uh, stick around and, uh, join them at their table. So, Gia introduces herself and Steph, like, hey, I'm Gia, this is Steph, you guys got names? And Jason, again, like I said, he, he his hair is very... Very mid-90s, like, teen heartthrob. Like, JTT, Devin Sella, that hair parted down the middle. And, of course, Jason also introduces Barry, who's 
At least the header's so shorter than Jason. So Jason right away says, you know, we, we've never seen you at Bayview. And Stephanie kind of, <laughs> she's looking right into Jason's eyes and she kind of spills it. Oh, that's because we're not in high school. And Gia quickly jumps in there and says, she means we're not in that high school. We, we go to a private school. And Barry's interested. Oh, which one? And Stephanie says, oh, can't tell you that. <laughs> it's private. I gotta add it. For these girls, they definitely are thinking on their feet with these quick answers. And Jason asks, oh, what grade are you in? And Gia comes back with, what grade are you? And Barry says, we're sophomores. So they're probably about 16. And Gia says, oh, what a small world. So are we. Uh, yeah, right. You're no more a sophomore in high school than I was when this episode came out. Yeah. I mean, if this came out in 19, at the end of 1994, I would have been 12 going on third. Wait a, yeah, I would have been. Yeah, Jason is really scared. Like, really? You, you don't look 16. And Stephanie says, oh, that's, that's because I take care of myself. Nails concert. <laughs> no, but we just got kicked out of the piano and organ store. Cool. This is Steph and I'm Gia. You guys got names? I'm Jason. He's Barry. <laughs> We've never seen you at Bayview. Oh, that's because we're not in high school. She means we're not in that high school. We go to a private school. Oh, which one? Gosh, I think the flannel count is now up to, uh, what, three at this point for this episode? Because here come DJ and Kimmy. They've been hanging around the mall, too, and they see Steph. And DJ's like, oh, hey, sis. And one of the guys, Barry, is like, that's your, that's your sister? You're a senior at Bayview, aren't you? Barry is the only one that's interested <laughs> but Jason has this confused look on his face. Oh, Kimmy recognizes both the boys. She's like, hey, you're the losers who drilled a peephole in the girls' locker room. And of course, here, Jason. <laughs> Dude, you're a sophomore and you're talking to senior girls. He's like, oh, and you're the reason we plugged it up. And both Barry and Jason do like a little slide five. And I love, oh my gosh, I love Kimmy's comeback. She says, hey, that hole works both ways, zit butt. 
Oh, that shuts Jason up real quick. That smile, that smirk on his face, gone. So, Barry is very intrigued with all these questions that he's firing off. So, Steph, if, uh, if DJ goes to Bayview, why do you go to that private high school? And this was news to DJ's ears, like, uh, private high school? Yeah, Steph, why do you go there? And Stephanie's like, uh, you remember, Deej, that, uh, he had a coupon. I love DJ, how she just looks down at Stephanie and says, yes, yeah, Steph, how come? <laughs> yeah, she says, Deej, don't you remember Dad had that, uh, that coupon? And I love Kimmy. <laughs> she says, well, it's finally happened. Blondie's lost it. Security! <laughs> So, D, uh, Stephanie has to kind of corral DJ and Kimmy away from the table. Like, look, okay, we told those guys that we were 16 because we want to impress them. It's like, please, just let us have this. Don't blow our cover. Oh, that's a flannel jacket that DJ... That's a nice... It's nice. And, oh, I guess flannel number four, then? This kid with the, the, the hooded flannels shirts were, uh, any hooded, you know, boy shirt. That was, even Boy Meets World, again, another thing. The hooded shirts of season one. And, and the flannel button-ups. This constant, constant. Hey, there's that popcorn machine that was in Steve's apartment. Or was that Gia's? Maybe it was both, because we know that Gia's apartment was actually what used to be Steve's apartment. So while Steph is trying to convene, convince, convince DJ and Kimmy like to go along with this lie that they're telling Barry and Jason, we see that Barry and Jason are both like leaning in talking to Gia. So clearly that's where they're gonna come up with a hey, let's take you girls, you know, we can drive you home. Stephanie says, look, we told those guys that were 16 and they believed us she says don't blow it please when are those two ever gonna have any fun with older guys like never which maybe that's just as well and of course dj just says you know what go ahead have fun well and of course kimmy's like well wait a minute what's in it for us oh flannel count number five the the girl thief I don't know, is that an ice cream stand? Oh, speaking of, the Steph and Gia were eating supposed ice cream, it's probably an empty container, of uh, a white styrofoam cup with what looked like it was just someone got some, like, different shiny type of multicolored stars to stick on the containers, and, like, at least the other people walking around have, like, little contain red and white containers of popcorn or, like, one of those Orange Julius-type cups or something like that. Yeah, Kimmy's like, hey, why should we help you lie? And, yeah, it looks like Kimmy kind of wants to bargain, like, seriously, what's in it for me if I help you lie? And Stephanie says, okay, um, I promise no more cracks about you for a week. And Kimmy goes for it. She's like, all right, deal. And they, the Stephanie and Kimmy shake on it. This was a good one. I like this dig that Kimmy throws at, that uh, Steph throws at Kimmy. She says, oh, by the way, Big Bird called. He wants his legs back. 
And Kimmy's like, hey! And Steph says, okay, just, just getting one last one out of my system. <laughs> so, yeah, Stephanie's like, alright, see you later. Oh, flannel count. Would that really count as flannel? It could be number, flannel count number six. sitting by herself and Stephanie's like well where uh Jason and Barry go and Gia says oh they went to get their car and Stephanie says they have a car and Gia says yeah isn't it cool and Gia says they're giving us a lift home and Stephanie immediately guilt starts to, like she can smell and it's like uh I mean especially if you don't know the person you don't know what their driving habits are like would you really want to get in a car with them? Like, yeah. Because she says, Gia, I, I don't think I'm supposed to get in a car with people I don't know. Here's where Gia's peer pressure comes in and Steph finally caves. Because the last thing she wants is for Gia to look down at her and think she's not cool. And Gia says, look, Steph, we know their names, their school. What else do we need to know? She says, we've been talking to them for at least three minutes. What else do we need to know? And Stephanie goes with it. She's like, uh, two doors or four? I, I gotta say, I'm a fan of a four-door car. I don't know why, but I just, I mean, I did drive a car that had two doors, and it's just, I don't know. This is, one time I actually had to sit in the back of, like, a two-door car. It, it, let me tell you, it was really stress-inducing. I finally had to, like, hey, can I sit in the passenger seat? Because it just, it felt too confining being in the back and just... You know, not having a door. Like, what if there's an emergency? Like, you had to get out or something like that. But you got to wait for someone else to get out of the front seat and pull the seat back so you can get out. I, I don't like that. It's it's too confining. It's too... Ugh. I would even go so far to say it's even it felt like claustrophobic feeling as well. Hey, where'd Jason and Barry go? They went to get their car. They have a car? Yeah, isn't it cool? They're giving us a lift home. Uh, Gia, I don't think I'm supposed to get in a car with people I don't know. <clears throat> Steph, we know their names, their school. We've been talking to them for at least three minutes. <laughs> what more do you need to know? Two doors or four? <laughs> so I was thinking about this uh, while I was at work tonight. And I remember a time <clears throat> when, you know, I was probably about maybe nine or ten. And most of the time, 
I knew who I was getting into a vehicle with because it was pretty much my immediate family. And one time, I got into a car with uh, my sister and her friend. It was her friend's car. And I knew of, you know, her, her friend enough. It was one of her best friends. But still, I, I remember we were just on a back road that was close to where the farm was, you know, a.k.a. Grandpa and Grandma's house. But I was still freaked out. It was a road that the only ones that used it were those that were coming to and from the farm or people that lived on that road. I, I was just, I was so freaked out. I was, like, so, like, tense and nervous. And I remember because I was sitting next to a bunch of packaged toilet paper and I'm kind of wondering now if maybe it might have been in October, like whether they're going to uh, TP houses or something. Because my sister at the time was probably like maybe 14, 15 at the time. And she kept, my sister kept looking over at me. She's like, just in an irritated tone. She's like, relax. What's wrong with you? And it just, ugh. Looking back at it now, it's like, geez, yeah, I was free. I didn't know this person. I mean, I knew her my sister's friend, but I didn't know how well she could drive. Even if we were, like, a mile or so from our own house, it's still, it's like, things could happen. But I remember that day, because that was the first time I heard that song, Baby Got Back, by Sir Mix-a-Lot. But I do understand where Stephanie's coming from, saying, you know, gee, I don't think I should get into a car with guys I don't you know, people I don't know. And that's her own good conscience. It's like, yeah, you might have talked to these guys for, like, three minutes. You know they go to the same school your sister goes to. But even still, it's like, you don't know how well they are at driving. I I, I wouldn't feel comfortable. And judging by, you know, even just talking to those guys for a few minutes, I'm like, I believe, no, no, I don't feel comfortable. I would never. You want to offer me a ride? I, I'm 100%... Like, you offer me a ride home, I'm going to decline. Like, uh, no, thank you. I'll get my sister and her friend to take me. I, you know, Stephanie referring to DJ and Kimmy. Because I thought there's an episode where the girls wanted to ride, yeah, they wanted to ride in, uh, Steph, uh, in Kimmy's other brother Garth's car wild thing, which is like a bright orange and lime green colored vehicle and Danny actually tests her because I don't he's like I don't feel comfortable I know I've known you since you were 11 Kimmy Kimmy but I don't feel comfortable with my daughter's lives in your hands so he tests her and he says well even DJ says you know dad test her I mean driving is one of the things she's actually good at and I like how Kimmy looks at DJ it says hey and DJ says, well, I mean, aside from forging excuse notes. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Kimmy's a, a good driver, other than the fact when they stopped at that stop sign and decided to, like, play ring around the Chevy and got locked out of their vehicle. Other than that, I would trust Kimmy over Barry and Jason driving any day of the week. A hundred and ten percent. But, no. Gia, it's just, Gia to me... She has no fear. It just, it seems, I mean, she is very brazen. The way that she, those guys just ignored her. She, like, whistled in their direction. She's very commanding and everything and what she wants. 
And she doesn't see the danger here. These boys, even though they are like three years older than, just, you would never, you would never do that. And that's why I like how Stephanie's conscience kicks in, but it's Gia is the one in the background doing like the pushing, like, come on, Steph, come on, Steph. There's no reason for, why are you acting like this? Come on. Like, don't check it out on me. I need you, Steph. Like, ugh. okay, so now we're going back to the house as Jesse has been sucked into this. I can't remember the title of the game anymore. It's not important. But, yeah, he is sucked into this game because we got Michelle on the couch looking longingly at the television, most likely regretting even asking Uncle Jesse for help. And Nikki and Alex are hanging out on the other end of the couch watching, too. It's like, well, whatever Daddy's doing, we want to watch. Jesse is attacking that game controller, that big game controller, just so harshly <laughs> slamming buttons and just jamming the joystick. Like, that's going to make it work any harder. And, of course, <laughs> Michelle jumps up like, okay, Uncle Jesse, I think I can get us out of the cave. Oh my god, the way I have it paused, Jesse's teeth are like, maybe I should take a picture of this with my phone, because my gosh, this picture, this expression on Jesse's face speaks volumes to any big time gamer out there that is just really, just they're in the zone, they're in the depth of the game, and they're just no mercy. I am. I'm going to take a picture. I'm going to put it on the uh, the Facebook uh, Full House Fuller House podcast page. His teeth, his expression, he is like, oh my gosh, you want to know who he reminds me of? Shrek. You know how in the movie Shrek when he like grits his teeth? Like, yeah, that's exactly what Jesse's doing. He's clenching, he's gr gr grinding his teeth. It's like pure concentration and focus. It's actually kind of frightening. She starts yanking the controller out of his hand. And he's like, what kind of uncle would it? His hands are still on the controller as she's yanking it. Pulling, trying to pull it away from his death-like grip. He says, what kind of uncle would it be if I left you in a cave full of intergalactic wombats? Sit. <laughs> My goal. <laughs> yeah. Michelle's just trying to get you. He, she's saving you. She's trying to save you. And I can't tell which was which. They both, they look alike. They saw, Well, they're dressed differently, Nikki and Alex. But one of them says, Dump the wombat, Daddy. And, of course, Jesse's like, All right, son, one zumped wombat coming up. <laughs> oh, God. And my Michelle would be like, You know what? I'm just going to go into the kitchen. Michelle has the look on her face like every kid that had to wait for their older brother, younger sister, playing a game. You know, the two-player game, like on this, the Super Mario Brothers, where you basically had to wait for the person playing for their character to die or lose all their lives before you could actually have a turn. And it's, especially if they're, like, really good and everything, they're making that last life last as long as humanly possible. You're going to be waiting a bit. <laughs> I think that's why, I, like I, I said, I really, I don't have the patience, really, for video games to that extent where it's, like, you got to keep going through the same level. It's, like, 
no. Mm -mm. I mean, to each their own, but no, I'm just, I'm not about that. I'm more like, I mean, when it comes to, I like, like, interactive ones, like, with the Wii, the Wii Sports and stuff, where you're, like, moving around and you're, you know, getting exercise. You're not sitting in one spot. You're not going again and again and again on the same level, you know? And the other twin in red says, bye-bye, Wombat. He waves to it. Now, now this grunting sound or whatever, it does kind of almost sound like Joey Gladstone, like Dave Goulier. Oh, speaking of, look who comes in, mullet a-flying. <laughs> Joey, I knew I heard a dying Wombat in here. <laughs> well, apparently, Joey is well-versed in this game, too, because he's already giving Jesse some tips. Like, oh, Jess, don't go that way. They're going to get you. Twins. <laughs> they put, they cover their eyes with their hands. Like, I, boys, Joey doesn't mean literally. Oh, my goodness. Like, they think that the, the wombats are going to come out of the, the game and go after Jess. Well, they're like three or four years old. They probably would think that. And Joey says, Jess, floor it. And then Jesse turns and looks at Jesse, or Jesse turns and looks at Jesse. Jesse turns and looks at Joey and says, hey, when I want your advice, I'll beat it out of you. And then all of a sudden there's this warning, danger, danger. And then, of course, here comes Jesse. Hey, advice, advice. Like, uh-uh-uh. <laughs> oh, I just, I think this is, this is so funny and comedic compared to, you know, plot A with Stephanie and Gia and those two guys. Because we got, I mean, if you're going to have a some serious episode in a way, you need to have something kind of on the back half to kind of lighten the, the serious scenes and stuff. Uh, <laughs> Joey tells him to eat the power biscuit. Jumping and burping on TV. Subtitles. So, Danny and Becky come in as Becky tells Nikki and Ella, like, okay, boys, time to wash your little hands for dinner. And Joey says, oh, we're still playing. And Jesse says, yeah, five more minutes, please. And Becky's like, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Nikki and Alex. Well, of course, when the boys get up, they cross in front of the TV. And Jesse's just like, boys, like, kind of like, come on, get, like, get out of here. Move, 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 move. You're blocking the TV. You make a, a better door than a window. Come on, move, move, move. Move your butts. <laughs> Danny, Danny, read the room. Because he says, Michelle, you've been playing this game for hours, honey. Danny, step back. Stop talking. Look at the room. Get a read on the room. Where do you see Michelle? What do you see that she doesn't have in her hands? Ah, it's the controller. Where is the controller? Oh, there it is. Jesse's got a death grip on it. Yeah. Good grief, Danny. But no, just like uh, Jess and Joey, Danny and Becky are next up to get sucked into that video game portal world. Keep smacking Joey on the arm. Like, what's that? What's that? And, of course, we hear this, Mayday, Mayday, losing power. And Jesse hands a controller off to uh, Joey and says, Joey, give me power. I need power. And then, of course, Joey in his, uh, what the heck is this? What is his name? The guy from Star Trek, like Scott something? The great Scott is, I don't know what the guy's name is. Hey, Jeremy. 
What's that guy on Star Trek? The guy with the accent? Scott something? Is that his name? Montgomery Scott. Is he the one that says, I can't reach your controls? Yeah, him, that guy. Yeah, what a weird name. We gotta find that second key. Joey's <laughs> like, I've given her all. She's got Captain. We've got to find. You can't take much more. We've got to find the second key. I love how Michelle just like rolls her eyes, like, ugh. I'm never gonna get a turn at this point. So now Danny's giving some helpful tips, like, hey, why don't you empty that nuclear waste can? It's starting to bubble. There we go. We get that sound effect. Means they found another key. Whoo! All the tips that Michelle is getting, she's going to whiz through this game like no tomorrow. And <laughs> the way that Joey like like sits up straight and kind of cocks his elbow like, like he's being knighted uh, by the Queen of England or I don't know. He's like, wow, Danny, that's it. We got the second key. D2. Okay, great. Gosh, everyone is so, so... Zone. They are zoned out of reality and they're just sucked into this this world of enchantment and yeah. And Danny says, show us what a little cleaning can do. Danny wants to take a hand at this. Like, hey, you know what? Let me try. Let me, okay. Yeah. He reaches over Michelle, practically squishes her in getting his hands on that game controller. Wow! I didn't know a person can roll their eyes all the way around because Michelle... This Olsen twin literally did it when Danny took the good. Well, I, I mean, I've heard of rolling your eyes, like your eyes go up and then they go. But I mean, she did a full, like all, like all the way around her, her, her people's in a circle. Oh, here we go. I think we got Becky's expertise. There's moving on the TV. Oh, I love Becky kind of cocks her head to the side like, oh, she recognizes that sound because, you know, she grew up on a farm in Nebraska. <laughs> and Danny's like, uh, where are we now? And, of course, she's like, oh, no, it's the past year of lost hope. So Joey clearly has, he is well-versed in this game as well, the fact that he knows he must have gotten this far. Eat that power biscuit behind the cow. And, of course, Becky jumps in, like, no, don't eat it. Don't step on it. You city boys don't know anything about cows. Yeah, he's just going to munch on a manure turd. That's real great. Ugh. Cosmic cow. And Becky says, wait, don't eat it. Don't step in it. And I love how her, her farm self comes out. She's like, oh, you city boys don't know much about cows. Yeah, really. Why would you think something's a power biscuit if it's sitting behind the cow's butt? Really? What do you think comes out of a horse's behind? Muffins? Oh my God, Michelle! Because Becky's now got the controller. And she's like sitting on the back of the couch right behind Michelle. And Michelle, again, rolling her eyes and just... Uh, her chin is in her hand like, I'm never going to be able to play. Like, I am never asking anybody in this house for help on a video game ever in my life. If this is what it leads to.
cave full of intergalactic wombats. It's sick. So, the wombat, Daddy. All right, son. One soft wombat coming up. Not literally, boys. Go grief. Just for it. Hey, when I want your advice, I'll beat it out of you. Advice, advice. Uh, eat the power biscuit. Right? Is that like getting the flower in Super Mario? That was tasty. Okay, boys. Time to wash your little hands for dinner. Oh, we're still playing. Yeah. Five minutes, please. Hi, you, Nikki, and Alex. Come on, guys. Let's go. Hurry up. Boys, 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 boys. Michelle, you've been playing this game for hours, honey. <laughs> Not exactly doing much playing. Do you see the remote in my hand? No. What's that? What is that? Losing power. Losing power. Joey, give me power. I need power. Give me power. All Michelle's oh, butt. City boys shoes. don't know much about cows. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, now we're gonna get back to Stephanie and Gia who are in the back seat of Jason's car. This is a powder. I'm just guessing. Electric blue, powder blue, whatever you want to call it, convertible, or whatever. It's a car that is. It's very nice looking car. Clearly came from daddy's money because there's no way in heck, no way in the world that this 16-year-old boy would be able to afford that car on his own. I can only imagine how much the insurance costs for a newly licensed driver. Eek. And Gia's like, yeah, isn't this fun stuff? And Steph says, yeah, this is really cool, but uh, you don't got to go through the park to get to my house. And Jason says, oh yeah, it's a shortcut. And of course, Barry, who's sitting riding shotgun next to Jason, says, Hey, you know what would make it even shorter? And Jason says, If we went faster? Where are the cops to pull these dum-dums over? Seriously. And even Stephanie looks a little freaked out. She's like, faster? Like, fast enough? And both Jason and Barry high-five each other. And, of course, he puts the pedal to the metal and leaves a skid mark. Crosses a double yellow. Luckily, doesn't hit the driver on the opposite side. But the other driver is honking their horn. Oh, they're honking their horns as the girls are like, yeah! There is no other traffic on this road except for that one car they just passed. So, Steph is getting freaked out. She's like, okay, okay, the gas pedal works fine. Let, now, let's try the brakes. You do have brakes, don't you? And Jason says, uh, I don't know. I've never used them. 
Dia does have a look of, she is a bit uncomfortable too. She's a little unsure, like maybe like she's second guessing, like maybe we shouldn't have gotten into the car with these guys. These guys look like they've been uh, doing uh, some stuff prior to getting behind the wheel. Because they are just, they're goofy, they're get, it's, you need, oh, how did this kid pass his road test? Oh my god, his dad probably paid off the instructor, that's my guess, because no way, no way that this guy would be passing a road test. No way, he just wouldn't. Stephanie says, Jason, slow down, because he keeps like dipping over the double yellow line. We see a yellow sign that says, sharp curve ahead. And the whole time this is playing, you're hearing that, that, that guitar, like, danger guitar sound. smiles. Stephanie, on the other hand, is, looks really like she's regretting that choice of getting in that car with those two. So, Jason comes up with another idea, like, hey, how come everybody always drives on the right side of the road? Let's give the left a try. First, it's a double yellow that you're crossing over. You can't be doing that, kid. Not to mention, he's, you know, yeah, not everybody in the world drives on the right side. If you live in the United Kingdom, you drive on the left. I think also Ireland, right? They drive on the left there, too. Again, they're passing this car that they originally passed the first time around when they were taken off in the vehicle. I'd be like, where are you taking these girls? To a secluded wooded area? Because I'd be like... What is the deal? Mm, mm, mm. I want to say, you need to pull over. I'm getting out. Okay, the, he seriously could have killed all four of them just now. He's driving on the left, passing this car on a double yellow line, which you cannot be doing. You cannot pass on a double yellow line. And there's curves all over the place. So, of course, Stephanie's the one to say, Jason, there's a truck. And he's, he, he starts, like, oh, no, the wheel's locked. And the girls start screaming because they are, he is so, oh, he was so, he could have killed all four of them right then with the tr speed that he's going at. And, of course, that, he, and it was like a, um, like a very hair-thin, able to get between, back onto his side of the road, between that truck that was coming right at them and that car that he was passing. Yeah. I would have been... Mm, mm, 
we'll get to in a in a minute. This is wow. I would have reported that kid right away. I don't care if it makes you seem unco- like no, no. I'd be like, hey, cops. I know a driver who is very unsafe. Here's his driver's license. He's gonna be here at this time. Take his driver's license away. And Stephanie's like, what? This is crazy. It's like, yeah. Your life probably flashed before your eyes. I mean, I'm sure my... And Gia, again. Oh, why I don't like her. She says, come on, Steph. When's the last time you ever did anything this cool? Cool? You could have been killed by that truck. Seriously. Girl, you need to rethink your price. See, this is why I don't like her. At all in Full Elves, I don't like her influence over Stephanie, and I don't like her character in Fuller House. I gotta say this, the guys are not even having conversations, I mean, granted, yes, they're driving, the guys are not talking to the girls at all, they're not taking part in conversation, and of course, when Gia says, come on, Steph, when's the last time you ever did anything this cool? And Stephanie says, well... Never. And then she's all smiles again. It's like, girl, you're letting Gia, like, run your life. And you can't even form your own decisions because of the pressure that she's putting on you. And, of course, you know, now that I think about it, that car looks more kind of teal. But anyway, Gia's all excited because there's a tunnel and they all put their hands in the air. Like, what is this, a roller coaster? Yes, that is the same car that, again, is passing them from the opposite side. We've now seen this car three times. I can understand because more than likely, while they were probably filming this scene, this section of road was closed off. And just kind of leaving that one car that's in interact- other than that big truck. It wasn't a huge semi. It was like uh, maybe a 16-foot U-Haul-ish type size vehicle and they come out of the tunnel on the other end and jason does a what is it a 180 i think the one where you skid like halfway so now he's facing the opposite direction to go back into the tunnel oh this guy's expression is like whoa oh my gosh He's, ugh, I just, I don't like him. I don't like Barry, but definitely Jason says he's the one behind the wheel. Ah, I want the kid to never have a license. So, yeah, Stephanie is really into this. And she's like, what are we stopping for? Burn rubber! Yeah! So, yeah, they go back through the tunnel again. Yeah, right. Hey, you want to make it even shorter? Like, we went faster? Faster?
side of the road? Yeah. Let's give the left a shot. Yeah. Why? You're in the wrong country if you want to do that, man. Let's go across the pond. So yeah, it looks like it's dinner time finally. The table's <clears throat> the table's been set by DJ because she's such a dutiful daughter. Here comes Stephanie. It's Darko. I'd be like, where have you been? You're lucky that you're not walking in with Danny in the kitchen because he'd be having some questions for you. And Stephanie is just flying high on this, this ride home. She said, yeah, and the thing is that I was thinking, was I'm sorry, if you were that close to being killed, like facing death, you're on the wrong side of the road, and you're... Heading towards an oncoming vehicle. You're telling me your life wouldn't possibly flash before your eyes and you wouldn't be peeing yourself in fear? I can probably imagine that I would be. Oh my goodness. But now that she's home safe, she just puts all that behind her like it never happened. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, and she even, she jokes about it. This whole encounter almost being hit by a truck. Yeah, she's like, I just had the greatest time in my whole life. And I love how DJ kind of throws in her face. Hey, it's sweet 16. You kids grow up so fast. See, we never got to see Stephanie have a sweet 16 party. You know, to be honest, we never saw DJ have one either. We only focused on Kimmy's sweet 16 party. That was a disaster. And yeah, the whole time, you know, DJ's like... Get the table all ready for dinner and, you know, <laughs> yeah, and Stephanie says, you know, for your information, those guys gave us a ride home in the coolest car. And that's when DJ kind of stops and she looks at Stephanie and asks, you got into a car with Beavis and Butthead? That's probably why I was calling them that is because I think I recollected when DJ from previous viewings of this episode, had referred to them as that. Because it's not yeah, one's blonde and one's, you know, got brown hair, just like Jason and Barry. Oh, come, Steph, you don't even know these guys. You know nothing about them. She says, they happen to be great guys, and they are so funny. Why? Because they're older and they have a car? That's why you think they're funny? Because they, they, girl, they... Those boys, if they were even interested in you, they would have been, you know, talking to you, having conversations. They tuned you. They were more 
focus on playing with his Jason's car and going at high speeds, doing 180s or whatever you want to call them on the road, driving on the wrong side of the, you know, just things it's like whether they're doing it to impress the girls or not, I don't know. But it's just, you'd think if the guys were even interested in the girls, they'd be like having conversation, you know, talking you know, Barry be turned around and see, asking the girls, you know, I mean, yeah, they did talk to him for a smidge for like half a second in the mall, but just looking to show off with that vehicle, with that car. Yeah, apparently this is what Stephanie finds is funny. First, Jason drove on the wrong side of the road. Okay, how is that funny? And that, here's what she, yeah, the moment her life really flashed before her eyes. He says, oh, and then he pretended like the steering wheel was locked. We came this close to being hit by a truck. I'd be like, Stephanie, do you hear yourself right now? Are you serious? You know if Danny got wind of that conversation, you would not be leaving that house, like, ever. I get it that she's impressionable. I get it that she's a kid. I get it she's impulsive. I get it she's being controlled by Gia. But even still, come on. You know that whole saying, like, oh, don't worry, when we're through with it, we'll laugh about this later. Years from now, we'll just be laughing and laughing about this situation. But when you're in the situation, it's not a laughing matter. <laughs> I do like DJ's snarky comments here. She's like, oh, wow, does he have a brother? Maybe we could all double date and drive off a cliff together. It's almost like... It's almost like she's saying to Stephanie, like, do you hear yourself right now? Do you know how stupid this and dangerous, I might add, this sounds? Yeah. Okay. Oh! She says, Jason's a very good driver. He's had his license for almost three months. Three months? Wouldn't he still be on a probationary period? Usually when you get your driver's license, you do have times, at least I did, when I first got my license because I was under... You know, I wasn't 17 yet. I couldn't drive between the hours of, you know, I couldn't stay out past 10 o'clock. Not that I would. But, yeah, and she, after this, she's like, oh, he's a very good driver. Really? Because to me, he sounds like he should not have a license until he's t maybe 21. Or even old, maybe 25 based on that behavior. But the fact that he's had his license for almost three months. Really? When I got my, and I know I brought this up on the one of the podcasts that I've done. When I was getting my driver's license, and I went with my dad to the Secretary of State, that's what it's called in Michigan, and the, the lady at the Secretary of State, not talking to me, she was talking to my dad, when she said this in front of me, she said, if you feel that she's not, you know, going based on these rules that are set for her, you know, like the curfew set, you gotta be, you can't be out driving after 10 o'clock at night and this and that, these little, you know, rules, basically probationary for a smidge for like the first like 90, I can't remember, but she said to my dad, you can come in here and have her license drop down to like a level one where it's even more restricted, where it's like you have to have like a licensed adult with you, even if you 
yourself just got a license and, and stuff like that. So, I don't think it was me necessarily. It's probably just in general teenagers, this person is like just letting the parent know and even letting the kid know like any clown around, any goof offiness, you know, a car is a deadly weapon, it can kill your, you know, people and stuff like that. Things happen, you know, all that stuff. But I think it's almost like putting the fear of go into a kid saying, hey, your parent has the power to at any time feel if you are not following these rules, they can come in and majorly restrict your driving hours and, and all that stuff. So, yeah. You know, and that's the thing is, 100% right. A driving is a privilege. It is not a right. I like what DJ says here. She says, and it never dawned on you that you could get hurt. And Stephanie is just taking what DJ's saying. She's like, she's copping an attitude. She says, what's with you? Haven't you ever been 16? And DJ says, I have. You haven't, remember? And Stephanie says, it's no, it's no big deal. I went out and had some fun. Girl, your idea of fun, you need to rethink your priorities. And you need to find a better friend than Gia. I'm sorry, but I do not like her influence over Seth. Especially, especially when it comes to this. And DJ's just over it. She's like, you know, fine, look, you're home, okay? Let's just drop it. And Stephanie says, fine. Does Stephanie want DJ to just agree to disagree or whatever it is? It's almost like Stephanie's trying to prove a point. And it's like she's trying to win an argument that she's not going to win. Like, you, DJ isn't going to agree with what you're saying here, girl. What you're doing is dangerous. And Stephanie asks, did anyone notice I'm late? And DJ says, see for yourself. As... DJ opens the door, and everyone, again, there's, I don't know how many hours they've been sitting there, but, uh, they've been there a while. <laughs> they are just glued to this TV. DJ says, see for yourself, because DJ, this girl, oh my goodness, she is setting up everything. She's probably even made dinner, because everyone else is so into what's going on on that game that they're not paying attention. Stephanie says, hey guys, and they all, again, glued to the television. Even Comet's hanging out watching the TV, you know, while they're playing the game. <laughs> they're all like, I love how Becky and Danny and Joey and Jesse are all like, hey, Stephanie, uh, Michelle again with the chin in the hand, just like, ugh. Because <laughs> Michelle's sitting on the arm of the couch, Danny is leaning forward like he can't get closer to the television because he's got a coffee table in front of him. Jesse and Joey are kneeling. Oh my gosh, your knees would be destroyed kneeling on that carpet by that coffee table. Ugh. Yeah. Because they're just hunched over the coffee table. Just what? Because uh, Becky's the one that, again, sitting on the back of the couch with the controller. so fast. For your information, this guy gives us a ride home in the coolest car. 
You got in a car with Beavis and Butthead? <laughs> they happen to be great guys. And they are so funny. First, Jason drove on the wrong side of the road. And then he pretended like the steering wheel was locked. Became this close to a truck. Wow. <sighs> Does he have an older brother? Maybe we could all double date and drive off a cliff together. <laughs> Jason's a very good driver. He's had his license for almost three months. And it never dawned on you that you could get hurt. What's with you? Haven't you ever been 16? I have. You haven't, remember? It's no big deal. I went out and had some fun. Fine, you're home. Let's just drop it. Fine. Did anyone notice I'm late? See for yourself. Hey, guys. Hey. Guess not. Oh, all right. We got Becky still with the controller behind Michelle's head, sitting on the back of the couch. We got Jesse on the couch next to Michelle and Danny on the couch next to Michelle. So she's kind of like, uh, kind of penned in there. And she says, is it my turn yet? And of course, D Danny's like, oh, you're next, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, right. She's probably been hearing that all night. Like, don't worry, honey, you'll get a turn. Oh, no, it's Becky who says, oh, you're next, sweetheart, just as soon as we get the enchanted kayak through, kayak through the rapids. And <laughs> Michelle rolls her eyes. And Danny's pointing out, like, oh, watch out for those rocks. Rock. And Jesse says, go right, go right. And everyone leans to the right as Michelle gets crushed between Jesse. Yeah, she gets crushed. Jesse is, like, leaning over her because he's leaning right. And, <laughs> yeah, he practically smushes her into Danny, because she's sitting right between the two. Oh, Michelle is, they're like, oh, go left. And <laughs> poor Michelle is now getting squished by Danny into Jesse, and it's just sad. And, of course, Joey's like, waterfall, go up, go up. <laughs> and, of course, Becky's like, it's a kayak, it doesn't go up. And Jesse says, it's enchanted for crying out loud. Yeah, I guess they go over the waterfall, cause, <laughs> or something, because Danny says, we're okay. And Becky says, we landed on the Pond of Peace. And DJ finally has to get in here and kind of break up the monotony. She says, uh, you know, I hate to break up this moment of tranquility, but uh, I really don't feel like eating alone at a table set for nine. And Danny says, you know, DJ's right. It might be a good time to take a break from our quest. You know, noble as it is. And Jesse's like, yeah, let's put the game on pause. It's like slap Becky's hands with, honey, let's put the game on pause. And everyone is just like ripping through their food, just eating as literally as fast as they can. Even Comet, which I'm like, I don't think that's good because I've heard of things where that's why they have like dogs, like, you know, larger dogs, like golden retrievers. They give them like a slow feeder, which is almost like kind of like a, a puzzle type of food dish where it helps them like slowly eat. Cause he is like literally wolfing it down probably with a lot of air and, yeah, I've heard of things where, you know, their stomach can flip because they're inhaling all that air and there's just, yeah, it just causes, you know, issues for dogs. I mean, I heard about that in, uh, in, in Marley and Me in the book. That's why they have those slow, you know, those slow down feeders for dogs. So they, 
slowly eat their food and easily digest it, not wolfing it down. And Jesse says, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll come back after we have a nice leisurely dinner. as they can. Even Comet's wolfing his food down. Jason's outside with his with his car. Let me guess, he's in the backyard, isn't he? <laughs> and Stephanie says, "Cool, I got a need for speed. Just tell, let me tell my dad I'm going out." I'd be like, first of all, you've been gone all day. No, you're not going back out. And second, I mean, and the thing is with that, we thought it was his driving was bad during the daytime in the light hours. That's why I, I can understand why people there are people out there and I'm one of them. I really I'm not a fan of driving at night. I never have been, especially when I was growing up. Um, you know, in the country, a big thing you had to watch out for were deer. You know, you and in the dark, even with your lights on and stuff, they can just boom, jump right out at you. You just, ugh. DJ, oh my, she looks like she does not. She has a look of concern on her face, like, I don't want to let my sister go out. And Stephanie asks Danny, like, hey, Dad, can I go out with Gia? And Danny says, did you do your homework? And Stephanie says, it's Saturday. And Danny, still distracted by the game, he's like, oh, well, good, just be home by, trolls at 12 o'clock. And, of course, Stephanie's like, oh, curfew's at 12? And Danny says, no, trolls at 12 o'clock, you be home by 9. Oh, yeah, the guys are still very much engrossed in that game. And Stephanie says, oh, that was too easy. That's because he wasn't paying attention. I didn't even see Stephanie at the dinner table. Was she there? I don't know. 
She might have been. And I like how DJ takes a stand, like, thinking to herself, probably, if Stephanie's not going to protect herself, then I'm going to do it for her. If she's not going to look out for herself, and clearly Gia is not doing a good job of looking out for her friend and thinking of her friend's safety, let alone her own. Because DJ asks Stephanie, Steph, are you sure you want to do this? And Stephanie first says, let me think about it. Thinking, thinking, I'm out of here. And Stephanie grabs her jacket and DJ kind of pulls it out of her hand and says, Steph, you're not going. And Stephanie turns around to face DJ and says, what are you talking about? And DJ says, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't let you go. But you hear the horn honking outside. So Stephanie goes over to Gia and says, hey, Gia, tell the guys to hang. I'll be right out. And this is Gia saying, I thought you said your sister was cool. And Stephanie says, she used to be. Well, because you're thinking of your safety and how dangerous what you're going to be going out and doing. Driving around in a car with a guy that has already proven how dangerous and reckless he can be behind the wheel of a car. And you're going to go and do that in the dark with just your headlights? You could easily end up running over a person or an animal or hitting a tree or something. Just, yeah. The things you can't see in the dark is just unlimited, even with headlights on. And the look of when Stephanie says she used to be and we see DJ, she doesn't look hurt by that statement. She just figures Stephanie's angry because she's not, you know, I'm telling her she can't do something. She's taking her anger out on me. <laughs> and the thing is, yeah, and even still, I'm thinking... No way, no way would Stephanie be pulling this if Pam were there. I can definitely see how Pam would not be a fan of Gia and her influence over Stephanie. And I can imagine that if Stephanie came rolling in after being out for the majority of the day, mind you, this is before cell phones also, that Pam would definitely have some words for Steph. She would be demanding, like, what have you been doing? Who have you been hanging out with? I told you I don't want you hanging out with Gia. I do not like that girl. I don't like the influence she has over you. And I, I honestly think, yeah, to me, I think if Pam had lived, no way would Stephanie be hanging around Gia. No way. I just, I don't see it. But the thing is, if you think about it, we can count on one hand how many serious friends that Stephanie has had, going all the way back to season two with Harry. And then, of course, we had, you know, for a couple episodes, we had Walter, but he was kind of a, he was there and then he wasn't. And then, ugh, and Mr. Egghead, Walter, like, turns on Stephanie because Joey picks her to be his assistant on the Mr. Egghead show for a minute. Um, and then there's Mickey in season seven, and then we jump right ahead to Gia. I get it, they wanted to make the character of Stephanie interesting, because she is the middle child, and she's not the little adorable Michelle. She's not the responsible good daughter 
you know, like DJ is the older sister and everything. She's the one where it's like, okay, let's let's put her with this other character and have her be tempted to, you know, do things she wouldn't normally do with good judgment. Yeah, it almost feels like now DJ's the angel on Stephanie's shoulder and Gia is the devil on her other on Stephanie's older other shoulder. And Gia goes out the door and Stephanie turns on DJ and says, Deej, forget it. There's no way that you can make me stay. And DJ says, fine, I'll tell dad. And Stephanie says, okay, there's one way. And then she starts, Stephanie starts, it's for lack of an argument. She cannot think of anything else to really throw at DJ as far as convince her like, oh, there's no reason why I I can't be doing, you know, she doesn't have any real good, re it's like someone who's trying to win an argument and has nothing to kind of come at the other person with. So they start nitpicking and pulling things that happened eons ago. So Stephanie's like, hey, how about all the times that you stayed out late and I covered for you? And of course, DJ says, this is different. And yeah. Stephanie says, I can't believe you'd squeal on me. And DJ kind of throws back at her saying, I can't believe you'd put me in this position. It's almost like Steph DJ, in a way, has almost taken on the motherly figure role and, you know, being a responsible older sister for Stephanie. Like, Dad's distracted. He doesn't even know what's going on because he's distracted by that video game. But one call to him... I, I can go and change that, and you're going to be staying in your room for the rest of your life, basically. <laughs> you're not going outside other than school. Yeah. Stephanie says, what about all those times you snuck in and I never said a word? Yeah, because she says, all the times you snuck in after curfew and I never said a word. Yeah, and DJ says, that's different. This is dangerous. Yeah, the times she probably snuck in after curfew were probably because she was hanging out with, when she and Steve were dating. Here comes Gia again. Steph, are you coming or what? Oh, I see what could be there. I don't know what that's supposed to be. Is that supposed to be the car out there? I can't tell. It's almost like Gia's giving Stephanie an ultimatum. Like, hey, are you in or are you out? Are you with me or are you against me, basically? <sighs> so... Stephanie makes her decision. She says, yeah, I'm coming. And she yanks her red jacket and her purse backpack or whatever the thing's supposed to be. And DJ says, no, you're not. And Stephanie turns and looks at DJ and says, you're bluffing. And DJ says, I'm telling. And Stephanie says, I'm going. And DJ finally says, Steph, I'm serious. And then she opens the door to the living room and says, Dad? And of course, yeah, Stephanie realizes she's kind of like, well, I, I guess I'm not going with you then. Sorry, Gia. And then she turns on DJ and says, hey, I hope you're happy. From now on, just stay out of my life. Hmm, that's interesting. That happened in a season seven episode called, uh, uh, <laughs> What, the, what was that episode? It was the one where she thought that Steve was cheating on DJ with someone who turned out to be Steve's cousin or something. It's just like, uh, uh. I'll be covering that episode when I cover the sisters' episodes in August.
Yeah, because Stephanie turns to Gia and says, Gia, better go without me. And DJ looks at Stephanie and says, never mind, Dad. Gia says, sorry, Steph, and then she leaves. Stephanie, she drives me, ugh. She says, I hope you're happy. From now on, just stay out of my life. Hey, your sister's got to be there to protect you if you can't protect yourself. And there, I mean, DJ's leaning up against the kitchen door, and her arms are folded across her chest, and she's just, you know, she feels sad, like, that she had to do that, but... Stephanie is not thinking about the clear head at all. She is just thinking about getting in a car, hanging out with older guys. And I get it. Stephanie's Wild Ride is an appropriate title because she's, you know, in a car taking risks that she shouldn't be taking. I mean, she takes a major risk going out with those guys at night. If this were um, a, a different episode of a different show... Um, Gia going off with two older guys, this could have ended a lot, a lot differently. Maybe DJ does feel a little bad. It's like, no, you were protecting your sister. Steph, get your coat. Chase is outside with his car. Cool. I got a need for speed. Just let me tell my dad I'm going out. Hey, Dad, can I go out with Gia? Did you do your homework? It's Saturday. Oh. Uh, good, just be home by... Trolls at 12 o'clock! Cool, curfew's at 12? No, 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 Trolls at 12. You'll be home by 9. Okay, see you, Dad. Bye. Come on. That was almost too easy. Steph, are you sure you want to do this? Let me think about it. Thinking? Thinking? I'm out of here. <laughs> Steph, you're not going. <coughs> what are you talking about? I'm sorry, I can't let you go. Gia, tell the guys to hang. I'll be right out. I thought you said your sister was cool. She used to be. DJ, forget it. There's no way you can make me say. I'll tell Dad. Okay, there's one way. I can't believe you'd squeal on me. I can't believe you'd put me in this position. What about all those times that you snuck in after curfew and I never said a word? That's different. This is dangerous. Steph, are you coming or what? Okay, so now we're back in the living room with everyone. Uh, Joey's got the controls now. Has Michelle even had a turn? Probably not. Alright, so <laughs> Danny's like, come on, Joey. There's a castle. We gotta get over that little bridge. And we see Nikki and Alex like at a little card table off to the side coloring. And it looks like the way that one of the twins was looking at somebody off screen. Like one of the... Um, you know, Kid Wranglers, that was, cause it definitely looked like that. He was, like, looking at someone that was uh, giving him direction. Oh, Becky's someone that says, oh, there's a castle. And Joey says, oh, we just got to get over that little bridge. Oh, my gosh. Let me get 
Is there a troll? Is there a troll under this bridge? I've heard of Three Billy Goats Gruff or whatever it is. I've heard of that. I know about that troll under the bridge. Did I call that or what? Guarded by a giant troll. Okay. Like, oh, where is he? And Danny points like it couldn't be more simpler. In the troll booth. <laughs> Everyone's like throwing out tips like hit hyper punch. Stick jab. Stick jab. Stick jab. He's down. They all celebrate when the troll is down. Like he's been KO'd. And Michelle just goes, whoop-de-doo. <laughs> I don't even, I mean, if I were her, I would have left a long time ago. I, I would be like, she's basically just sitting there stewing in her own juices of irritation and frustration. Danny says, you know, this is fun. How often do you get to spend a pleasant evening surrounded by the people that you love? Well, if you hadn't been in such a hurry to get back to your video game and, and, and actually were able to enjoy your dinner instead of hoovering it down, you might have had some friendly family conversation. But you're too engrossed and obsessed with that video game that you had to just get back to it. <laughs> and after Danny with this sweet sentiment, he's like, you idiot, he's not dead, he's stunned, give him the, give me that. Yeah, they now start fighting over the controller. Like a bunch of children. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. It's time for someone else to play. <laughs> yeah, they're all yanking on the controller. And then Becky jumps in. And then the twins are kind of looking like, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> Becky says, guys, guys, guys. There's just no way for grown men to behave. It's good I'm because I'm a grown woman. Give me that. And finally, Michelle takes it into her own hands. Not the controller, but she goes over to what I don't believe you're ever supposed to do something like this because it probably could damage the machine, as well as the game cartridge. It's yanking forcibly the game cartridge out of the, um, the compartment that it goes into or whatever you want to call it. Oh my gosh, Joey's right. Jesse was biting his arm. When I play that clip, listen to him. He's like, he's biting my arm. You're biting my arm. And Stephanie, or no, no, Stephanie's pouting in a room. No, Michelle looks at everyone and says, game over. And Danny looks at her and he's like, honey, why did you, Michelle, why did you do that? And Michelle's like, the madness must stop. She says, Look at yourself. You're going nuts over a video game. You all should be ashamed of yourselves. And I love how Nikki and Alice go, shame, shame, shame on you. <laughs> and everyone realizes, like, oh, my gosh, yeah, we just kind of got into this and just zoned out. And Danny refers to it like, yeah, kind of like when I empty Joey's hamper. Why are you doing Joey's laundry? He's a grown man. He should be able to do his own laundry. Yeah, you think? They are all, uh, oh my gosh. I mean, Joey's like on the arm of the couch, leaning over Jesse with his hand. Everyone's got their hands on the controls. Becky is like sitting uh, on Jesse in a way on the side. And then Danny, of course, all the adults have their hands on this video game. They're yanking. I'm surprised they're not like breaking pieces of it off. This is a sturdy game big game controller concerning how much abuse this game controller is taking from these four adults you know the grabbing this hitting the smashing of the buttons the yanking on the joystick how something didn't get dislodged or stuck or broken i'll never know 
I mean, they they seem worse than when when kids probably play with these controllers. Yeah. When Danny asks, Michelle, why did you do that? Michelle says, I had to stop the madness. I mean, look at you. Yeah, they're all entangled arms and limbs. Just going at each other for this controller. You'd think this were the Hunger Games. <laughs> and you got, like, umpteen people, like, going after the Holy, you know, the, the, the Holy Grail, which is the, the game controller. They all separate from, like, and of course, Jesse's got to fix his hair. Tosses the controller onto the coffee table with a thunk. I'm like, this poor controller, I feel so bad for it. So much abuse on this controller. Yeah, Michelle says, you were fighting over a silly game. You ought to be ashamed. We all know that Michelle's kind of got her own little uh, method going on as far as yeah, she's got her own ammo because she wants to get everyone away from this game. She's learned so many tips, so many tricks that she's pretty much going to be able to get through this game probably in like less than an hour with everything she's watched and learned from these guys. What to do, what not to do, what to do better, that kind of thing. Spoken from a true person who's hardly ever played a video game in their life. The only game I ever played a completion in a day, and that was The Simpsons Road Rage for PS2. I spent an entire day playing that one game until I beat it, because Jeremy hadn't beaten the game, and I wanted to do something that he, well, he probably could beat me at if he tried. He'd probably get it done faster, but yeah, I just wanted to have one thing that I felt like I could... <laughs> do before him like I can say like I did this you haven't done it yet <laughs> I know unhealthy competition between a husband and a wife there should be no competition also Jeremy is a sore loser when it comes to <laughs> board games by the way <laughs> oh my goodness yeah and I thought I was a sore loser I I used to be I used to be a sore loser when I came to board games and stuff but now that I'm an adult, and it's I I've learned to swallow my, my pride and move on. Like just say good game, and just like hey, how about another a rematch sometime or something? You don't gotta throw a fit. You don't gotta go throw the game board or the controller across the room. <laughs> no. And the twin says shame on you, and the other one says pointing both fingers. Double shame. And Jesse says, you know, the boys are right. We were completely obsessed over this thing. Uh, I think Michelle is right. Danny turns to Michelle and says, yeah, Michelle, thank you for snapping us out of it. And Danny says, you know, I don't know. I just, I got in and I zoned out, you know, kind of like when I emptied Joey's hamper. Ew. Well, we all know that Joey, I don't know whether he still does this, but leaves pieces of hunks of cheese in his pants. Oh, Gouda cheese. I've never had it, but ugh. I can imagine any type of cheese that's been sitting in a pair of pants that's been in the hamper for like a week is going to smell pretty rank. And Joey adds, you know, I think we just, you know what, I think we just need to get back to our normal lives. Joey says, I think I'm going to go play with Mr. Woodchuck. Ugh. To having one-sided conversations with something who you had to provide a voice for. Mm. Have fun, Joey. And he's providing the voice for Mr. Woodchuck, so he's pretty much just talking to himself. But wherever you get your kicks, man. <laughs> I love Becky's response. She says, tell him I said hi. <laughs> and Joey says, okay. 
They all thank Michelle and they all go about their separate ways. Like, okay, we've spent enough time together. Becky picks up uh, one of the, the twin with the green pant overalls and the red shirt, whatever. These kids are four. They clearly can walk on their own. I, I mean, if I guess they like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Just like, they are old enough to walk. Do you really got to pick them up and carry them still? I don't even see Jesse with the other twin walk out of the room. So, yes, Michelle has been banking her time. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, she puts the cartridge back in. It's like, all right, wombats, it's going to be a long night. And I love how Comet, like, puts a paw on the controller and Michelle says, don't even think about it. <laughs> You're not playing. Like, I waited all afternoon and all night to get to this point, so... Comment, go sit over there and you can watch the TV. Watch me beat this game in like a half hour. Love when Michelle like grabs Comet's like paw from the controller and says, don't even think about it. And the way that Comet like looks at her like, oh gosh, she's serious. Uh, uh, <laughs> he runs out of the room. <laughs> Michelle with that evil grin. <laughs> Come on, Joey. There's the castle. We just gotta get over that little bridge. Get hit guarded by the giant troll there. Where is he? In the troll booth. <laughs> okay, all right, he's coming right at us. Hurry, hurry. Hit hyper punch. Stick jab, stick jab, stick jab. Stick jab. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know what, this is fun. How often do you get to spend a pleasant evening just surrounded by the people that you love? You idiot, he's not dead, he's only stunned! Give me that thing, you don't know what you're doing! You don't know what you're doing! Yes, they do! You both don't know what you're doing! It's time for someone else to do the controls. Me, oh, you know what I'm doing! Full vampire, Jesse. You fighting over a silly game. You ought to be ashamed. Only kids shame. do that stuff. Double shame. Boys are right. We were completely obsessed over this thing. Yeah, Michelle, thank you for snapping us out of it. I don't know. I just kind of got in and I zoned out and I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> it's like when I empty Joey's hamper. You know what, I think we just need to get back to our normal lives around here. I'm gonna go play with Mr. Woodchuck. Tell him I said hi. <laughs> thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Michelle. Yeah, thanks, Sue. Come on, guys. Watching the scene with Michelle and Comet while she's getting the game controller and everything all set up, 
And we just kind of see that Comet is really hyper-focused on whoever is on the other side of the camera that we don't see, most likely the animal trainer. Because you see him lick his lips like twice, so clearly whoever's on the other hand end does have a treat for him. Because I don't, I mean, why is a dog going to lick their lips unless I see something that looks, you know, like that they're going to eat? It's watching this again! Before she, you know, he puts his paw up on the controller, he looks like he is about ready to launch himself over that coffee table to get to whatever treat the trainer has in his hand. Or in his or her hand. <laughs> Any of these little cues that you pick up on after you've seen the episode so many, but when you're really, like, watching closely, you're noticing little things you'd never noticed before. So it looks like Stephanie's in a room at the foot of her bed looking at her homework. May as well, since she's in her room, right? Stephanie's got a major CD collection. Wow. And DJ comes in and says, Steph, we need to talk about this. And Stephanie says, there's nothing to talk about. And Stephanie says, you just hate to see me have fun. It's like, come on, Steph, really? Come on, let's use some common sense. I like that Stephanie did get an upgrade from the glasses she got, and Stephanie gets framed in season four to these nice gold-specked ones, that she, the wire ones that she has, just kind of like Jessie's from uh, season four, the, the amber-colored and gold-flecked ones. And even DJ kind of calls Stephanie out, like, come on now. Yeah, Steph, that's that's real bright. Yeah, the first thing on my mind is how am I going to torment Stephanie today? Yeah, the first thought on my mind every morning is how can I make Steph miserable today? Stephanie, oh yeah, yeah. She says, oh, so you admit it. Stephanie, seriously. Use that head of yours. <laughs> and DJ says, Steph, you're losing it. And then D Stephanie comes at DJ with, no, DJ, you're just selfish. You don't understand. And they're both yelling at each other to where Danny comes in because he has some news to share. Yeah, and DJ says, you don't understand. You can't just get into a car with guys you don't even know. And then, of course, here comes Danny saying, guys, 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 look, take it easy, all right? Whatever it is you're arguing about, it can wait. So... Danny sits down on the edge of the bed of Stephanie's bed with her and says, Steph, look, I just got off the phone with Gia's mom. And Danny says, Gia was in a car accident tonight. And Stephanie says, no. And Danny says, yeah. And Stephanie asks, is she okay? And Danny says, well, she's got some bumps and some bruises. She's going to be in the hospital overnight. Oh, yeah, of course, definitely. The fact that she was taken to the hospital in an ambulance, whoa. And the thing is, how much time has passed between when Gia left and now? It doesn't seem like they've been. she's been gone that long. It does not take that long to get into an accident. It can happen like that. And Stephanie's like, oh, my God. And Danny says she was like, with two other guys. And he mentions about the two guys. And Danny says, yeah, one of them broke his leg and got cut up pretty badly. Well, I can imagine whether or not these guys were wearing seatbelts. You know, even, you know, windshield glass can break. And uh, we don't know what they hit 
or who Okay, so Danny says they were really lucky they were wearing their seatbelts. The car was total. What did they hit? A tree? And Stephanie's probably thinking to herself, like, that could have been me. That could have been me. I could have been, and I'd be in the hospital right now. And Danny says, hey, didn't you see something about going out with Gia tonight? And Stephanie says, yeah, but I mean, and then, of course, DJ kind of cuts in with, yeah, but when Gia showed up with those guys, you know, Steph decided not to go. Stephanie looks up at DJ with a smile on her, well, not grinning ear to ear, but kind of like, whoa, you stood up for me. Like, you kind of, you had my back. It's like, yeah, your sister has your back. She's got to take care of you, girl. If you're not going to make the right decision or something that is very dangerous, like tonight, what could have been tonight, your sister's going to jump in there and save your butt. You know, you got another pair of, uh, you know, someone looking out for you. Especially, you know, her mom. Her mom's looking down at her and taking care of, you know, looking out for her too. And now, of course, Stephanie's going to feel guilty by what Danny says here. He says, Steph, that showed incredibly good judgment. Well, yeah, on DJ's part. Oh, and even worse guilt here as he says, do you have any idea how proud of you I am right now? And he hugs her. Now Stephanie feels miserable. And Stephanie says, probably too proud. And Danny says, oh, never. So yeah, uh, Gia's mom, of course, according to Danny, did say she wanted Gia to take it easy. You can call her in a couple days. Oh, Danny says you can call her tomorrow. And Danny kisses Stephanie goodnight, and uh, he heads out. Steph, we need to talk about this. There's nothing to talk about. You just hate to see me have fun. Oh yeah, Steph, that's real bright. Yeah, the first thing on my mind when I wake up is, how can I make Steph miserable today? So you admit it. Oh, you're losing it. No, DJ, you just you don't understand. I you can't just get out of car with some of these. Guys, 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 take it easy. Whatever this is about, it can wait, okay? Um, Steph, I just got off the phone with Gia's mom. Gia was in a car accident tonight. No. Yeah. Is she okay? Well, she got some bumps and some bruises, and she's going to be in the hospital overnight. Oh my God. She was with two other guys, and uh, one of them broke his leg and got cut up pretty badly. They were really lucky they were wearing their seatbelts. The car was totaled. What did they hit? A tree? Didn't you say something about going out with Gia tonight? <coughs> well, um, yeah. But but when Gia showed up with those guys, Steph decided not to go. Really? Steph, that showed incredibly good judgment. You have any idea how proud of you I am right now, honey? Probably too proud. Oh, never. Yeah, Gia's mom said she wanted her to take it easy. You can call her tomorrow, okay? Night, sweetie. Okay. Good night. Good night. Good night. And now that Danny is left, Stephanie gets up off the bed and says, Yeah, this realization thing sinks in, and she said, I could have been in that car. And DJ says, yeah, but you weren't. And Stephanie kind of fires back with, yeah, because of you. And Stephanie kind of tells what was going on in her mind. It's like, 
you know, I mean, I knew it was dangerous, but I wanted to go anyway. I get it. You know, the, the thrill, the, you know, thr thrill-seeking people when, you know, things are dangerous, this adrenaline, this rush that runs through you. Like, you know the dangers and everything. You know the risk in the back of your mind, but it's that thrill and that desire just to do something reckless just kind of sometimes overpowers your judgment. And Stephanie sits down at the table and she's just, oh, she's really punishing herself and she's like, I'm so stupid. And I like what DJ says here because in a way, yeah, that is, you know, what, you know, people sometimes in general think, especially teenagers, you know, being impulsive and just, you know, they're, um, their reasoning, that part of their brain really isn't 100% developed at 16, 14, 13. But DJ says, no, you just think that nothing bad could ever happen to you. And that's the thing. The whole, oh, it can never happen to me. Oh, that'll never happen to me. I mean, and they'll say, well, so-and-so, this happened because so-and-so did this. I would never do that. You know, and just, it's like, you don't know until that does happen. So you can't, I mean, just say it'll never happen because there's always that one time that, you know, it just could. I mean, I'm not saying go out there and live your life in fear and not leave your house due to what you think could happen and stuff like that, but take precautions and use judgment. If it, if you get in a car with a couple guys you barely know, that look like that they are really just reckless behind the wheel. I mean, if I, I would have, ooh. But then again, I'm not a 40-year-old that's getting in a car with 16-year-olds. That's, mm-mm-mm. Mm, mm. But, that's, yeah, and that's the thing. Your friends, when you get in a car with your friends, they don't realize it. But in a way, it's like you're putting your life in their hands. Every single time you get behind the wheel of a car, you are responsible for your own life, those in the car with you, and anyone else on the road that you could be putting in danger by going, you know, high speeds, uh, not watching for traffic lights, blowing through stop signs. You always think it'll never happen to me until that moment that it does. And I'm just thinking about that. Yeah, now that those guys, you know, the car was totaled, I can bet anything that that kid's getting his license taken away, 100%. Especially the police are going to look at that and say, well, definitely high speed was involved here. Reckless driving. Yeah, you're not. You might have had your drive. They don't say, oh, you've had your license for three months. Okay, well... Yeah, your license is gone. And, and just, oh my goodness. And I'm just thinking for anyone, there is probably a fear to get, by, you know, when someone's been in an accident. There probably is at first a, a bit of a fear to get into a car again or even get behind the wheel of a car again after something like that. It can be very, very traumatic. But I would like to hope that maybe this is an important lesson for all involved. You know, Jason and Barry... I really hope this helps them wise up and realize, like, a car is, it is not a toy. And the thing is, there's so many distractions, even in the 90s. Yes, we might not have had cell phones to distract us, but other people in the car, music being blared. 
up at full volume, being distracted, not paying attention to traffic lights or stop signs or or nothing. Four-way stops. I don't like them. I'm not a fan. Never have been. That's another thing you got to worry about, especially the thing is when a traffic light is out of order, you got to treat that intersection as a four-way stop. And this is, yeah, there are just so many distractions nowadays. You know, cell phones especially, you know, texting, talking on your cell phone while you're driving, and all of that stuff. That's why they say even as a new driver, they limit you to how many people you can have in the car with you. And I do believe that at first, when you're first driving for an amount of time, you're kind of on probation, you don't get to have another person under the age of, like, 17 in the car with you. It's got to be a licensed adult that's at least, like, probably 18, 20. When they say adult, they don't mean 16. They don't mean 18. They mean more like 21 and over sitting in the driver's seat, uh, sitting in the passenger seat with you. And the thing is, the risk that you have during the day while you're behind the wheel, they double at nighttime because you have less visibility when you're driving. Things can jump out at you quickly, whether, you know, you're not seeing someone in a crosswalk or even not even in a crosswalk, but just at night. Somebody is trying to get across the road to the other side and you're not seeing them because, one, they could be wearing dark clothing. Uh... Two, they could just zip right out in front of you. They're not paying attention. You're not paying attention. And, you know, things, they can happen. That's why you definitely, when you're driving at night, be on extra, be extra cautious, be on high alert. Or even another thing, if you have to be somewhere, you know you got to be somewhere at a certain time. I would say leave at least 15 to 20 minutes early, especially when you know during the times of day, whether it's 8 in the morning, whether it's 5 o'clock in the evening, because you know people are either going to work or getting out of work, you need to allow yourself more time to get to where you need to be. So Stephanie looks at DJ and asks, did you ever think like that, that nothing bad would ever help him to you? And right away, we know, like, okay, yes, DJ is definitely going to share something he's never, sh and I remember watching this episode and just, why, mm, I did not expect that of DJ. DJ, yeah, she closes the door because she's going to divulge some information that didn't, no one in the house knows for her. She says, nobody knows this, but... One Halloween when I was 13, I told Dad I was sleeping at Kimmy's, and she told her folks she was sleeping over here. And we thought it would be so cool to stay out all night. Yeah, and DJ says, and she told her mom that she was sleeping here. DJ says, we thought it would be great to stay out all night. And DJ, uh, Stephanie asks, was it? And DJ says, well, I mean, I thought so at the time. And DJ says, I mean, we were all over the city. I mean, we even hitchhiked up to Berkeley. Uh, Stephanie's like, you hitchhiked? What are you, nuts? That's so dangerous. Not to mention it's nighttime. There are two 13-year-old girls, you know, walking around at night in, what, 1980, uh, what, 1989, 1990? Oh, they are lucky. See, Pam Tanner was watching out for her girl, her daughter, and her friend that night. Let me tell you what she was. Because 
Danny and Kimmy's mom never would have known. If something happened to those girls, they never would have known. They wouldn't have known where the girls were. And, of course, you know, Stephanie goes over and sits on the end of Michelle's bed, and DJ's sitting on Michelle's toy box, and DJ says, yeah, I mean, I know that now, but back then, I mean, I was young and stupid like you. And Stephanie asks, like, so how do you get to be old and smart? And I, oh, I love DJ being such a good big sister to Steph. She says, well, you know, after a while, you just get this little voice inside your head. Yeah, she says, after a while, you just get this little voice inside you that tells you when something's dangerous. And DJ says, and if you're lucky, you learn to listen to it. And somebody says, yeah, I think I've heard that voice before I got into the car with those guys. Sound a lot like dad. And DJ says, well, once you get a little older, it starts to sound like you. Yeah, it's called your conscience. Of course, we all know this. We've seen the devil and angel on the shoulders. Well, the devil made me do it is an episode where Michelle has to deal with her, her conscience <laughs> of behaving badly or not. And, yeah, sometimes something sounds so good at the moment, like, and it's almost like your mind is trying to convince you, like, oh, it's no big deal, just do it anyway, don't worry about the consequences, you'll, that'll settle itself later. And I've had moments like that growing up. Well, it's like, yeah, those are the things you look back and like, gosh, okay, just go back and change one thing and, or just listen to my conscience and not do this. Yeah. Ugh. That's the thing about being a teenager. You know, that impulse control is just that. <laughs> yeah, you're just, you're reckless, you're impulsive, you take more risks because you, again, like he just said, you think nothing bad will ever happen to you. But as you get older, you start to realize, like, the risk that you take, you kind of weigh the cause and effect of, if I do this, here's a number of things. Like, you're weighing the pros and cons of making a decision that could, like, end up going very badly or something you will definitely regret. I'm not saying, like, second-guessing yourself on a decision or, like, kicking yourself like, like, ah, if only I had done this, or, oh, you know, not those things, but the, the big things, like, no, I'm not gonna get in the car with guys I've only known for three minutes, you know, come on, yeah, because she's thinking that at the mall, she's like, I don't think I should get into a car with people I don't know, yeah, if your mind, if your conscience is saying, don't do this, don't sit there and try to rationalize all the reasons that you feel like you should deal with that. I mean, come on. And that's honestly the same thing as I did used to be impulsive. I did. it All the way up until once I met Jeremy, I'm like, that part of me just was gone. And every decision I make is like, you're not just thinking about the decision you're making for yourself. You're thinking about how these decisions you make are going to affect other people around your spouse. If you have kids, well, this thing that I do, how is this going to negatively affect them? Or how is this going to work? And, you know, cause you're thinking for more than just yourself. And Stephanie says, I'm glad you were there for me tonight. Deej. Like, 
sweetie, she's your sister. She's always going to be there for you. And, and Stephanie also apologized. Like, and listen, I'm, I'm sorry what, about what I said. I mean, you're still pretty cool. And they hug. Oh, such a sweet moment. And, and Stephanie says, you know, I felt so bad when Dad said he was proud of me. I mean, and Stephanie says, you know, I mean, maybe I should just tell him. And DJ says, you know, he's going to be pretty mad. I know, you know what? That's the thing that you really got to wonder. What are you, honestly, I mean, yes, you'll clear your conscience. You won't feel, you know, guilty. But at the same time, I don't know. If you were Stephanie, how would you tell Danny? Even though you know most likely you would get grounded 100%. Or would you say, look, you learned your lesson. Does Danny really need to be the wife? Be the wife? I mean, and she didn't go. That's the main point. Oh, come on, Steph. Really? Your sister has your back and you're going to throw her under the bus like this? She's like, yeah, that's why I will think I'll soften him up with your hitchhiking story. And she runs out of the room. DJ runs after her. And that's how the episode ends. Like, oh. Yeah, but you weren't. Because of you. I mean, I knew it was dangerous, but I wanted to go anyway. I'm so stupid. No. You just think that nothing bad could ever happen to you. Did you ever think like that? Nobody knows this, but... One Halloween when I was 13... I told Dad I was sleeping at Kimmy's, and she told her mom that she was sleeping here. We thought it'd be great to stay out all night. <coughs> was it? Well, I thought so at the time. I mean, we were all over the city. We even hitchhiked up to Berkeley. You hitchhiked? What are you, nuts? It's so dangerous. Well, I know that now, but back then I was young and stupid like you. How did you get to be old and smart? Well, after a while, you just get this little voice inside that tells you when something's <laughs> dangerous. And if you're lucky, you learn to listen to it. I think I heard that voice before I got in the car with these guys. It sounded a lot like Dad. Yeah, well, as you get older, it starts to sound a lot more like you. Glad you were there for me tonight, Deej. Listen, I'm sorry about what I said. You're still pretty cool. <laughs> I felt so bad when Dad said he was proud of me. I mean, maybe I should just <laughs> tell him. I mean, basically, you mean he's gonna be credit bad. for something you didn't do. You know, that's why I think I'll uh, soften him up with your hitchhiking story first. Oh, come on, no. Steph! <laughs> Uh, that's the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. So, best outfit. I want to give it to Stephanie's, like, it's kind of like a cream slash off-white long-sleeve shirt with the uh, red and white flannel skirt. I really liked that. The coloring really went together. Worst outfit. I honestly kind of want to give it to DJ's, like, mint short-sleeve shirt with the, um, the black kind of, a uh, kind of dress thing she she has kind of pulled over it I mean eh, I was like 
eh, it was okay, but it's like, nah. Again, pretty much Tanner Teachable moment. I pretty much summed that up in kind of my um, reasonings and explanations and stuff throughout the episode. Just use better judgment. Think about, I mean, and I know teenagers, if you listen to this, that uh, take a moment and think about if, ask yourself, if I make this decision, if I do this risky thing, who, who is this going to affect other than me if something happens? Yourself, your family, you're risking bodily harm. You're, you, you could be putting yourself at risk for hurting other people. You know, I mean, you know, talking about getting behind the wheel of a car and just making risky decisions. If you don't feel, and that's another thing. Well, you know, I'm going to save that for the final serious episodes because I'm kind of getting into that kind of territory and I really want to hold off on that until next week. But just, I know it's hard to use better judgment when that rational, rationalizing part of your brain isn't 100% developed. But just take a second and just think about, weigh the pros and cons. I mean, is it worth it for that thrill, that adrenaline rush that you're getting to do something that risky? Who are you going to hurt by doing this? Yourself, possibly your family, other people. Just please think twice. There's always somebody that you could call. There's always somebody. So, of course, the final episode of the series episodes for the month of April is season 8 episode 10. It's the episode right after this one, Under the Influence, which aired December 6th, 1994. In this episode, DJ's friendship with Kimmy is put to a severe test after DJ forcibly removes a very drunk Kimmy from a college frat party. I have so many things to say about this episode, but I am holding off because I want to, I don't want to go on any tangents. Um, one episode, actually, I want to do in comparison a little bit. I want to play a clip of The Wonder Years. It's from season four. It's called The Accident. It is an episode where Kevin and Winnie aren't dating anymore, and she is getting into hanging out with guys that she's like a ninth grader. She's hanging out with like juniors and seniors, hanging out with guys in high school. And Kevin notices this change about her. She's just being very, very reckless. She's getting into a, a car with some older boys, and sadly she, like Gia, gets into an accident, and into a car accident, and she gets, she gets hurt, and, um, and since it's like 1971, you know, news kind of travels slowly, I guess, and, uh, Paul, Kevin's best friend Paul is the one at school the next day to tell Kevin what happened to Winnie, and, um, I want to play that clip because it is just, oh my goodness, it's, it's, it's sad, it's phenomenal, and just, even though they're not together, he still loves this girl, he still wants, he still cares for her and everything, but it's just, 
it's just it really it just it made me think about the whole Gia so Winnie is nothing like Gia by the way. Not no I mean if I had to put Winnie in comparison with somebody from the Tanner uni Full House universe, um I would have to say she's definitely a good girl like DJ hundred percent. She really honestly this is the first time I think in this episode season four of the wonder years where we see Winnie kind of acting out taking risks hanging out with older guys going on you know drives with them and stuff like that and um yeah because if you're not familiar with the wonder years in season one Winnie Cooper lost her older brother Brian to um he was killed in Vietnam and ever since her family's had a hard time dealing with it, her parents separated for a little bit in season three. They got back together. They decided to move from their house that when he's known her whole, you know, lived in this house all uh, 13 years of her life. And yeah, but I just, I want to share this clip just because it just shows Winnie's recklessness and the fact that even Kevin is noticing like there's some changes in her. Like, why she, why she's acting out? Like, why are you acting this way? You're different. You're not the Winnie I remember. So, yeah. But, all right. I'm going to play this clip, and I hope you all have a great weekend. I hope you had a good Easter. And if you want to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you haven't yet and you would like to leave a review in honor of the podcast's third three-year anniversary, just go to iTunes or... Apple Podcasts, search for Full House Podcasts or Fuller House Podcasts. The only land to Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up and leave a review. Use emojis. Have fun with it. All right, I'm going to play the clip now. I decided to give up skating. Talk to her. Kevin, 
possible. I know she wants to see me. Kevin, please go. And I guess that's when I finally understood. I'd been part of Winnie's past. A past she wanted to forget. And now... There was nothing to do 